Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and whoa, 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 welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, August 6th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host this year, Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only if you feel so inclined, please check me out on those two accounts and send me over some messages. Send me over some questions. Maybe even some comments, or perhaps even some concerns, and I will do my very best to answer them, as well as the Gmail, which is LockdownPodgers at gmail.com. Maybe even answer them here on the show. I might just do that. Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's RockAuto.com. Check it out. And guys, today's episode, as usual, another old recap. You know, another old recap. What can I say? There's a, uh, you know, it's it's baseball. Baseball's back. You know, you got to talk about the games that happened. And believe it or not, I have a lot to say because last night's game was a bit depressing. Um, it was a great game. Do not get me wrong. Congratulations to the Dodgers. But it was a depressing game. I'm going to talk about why, recap some of the things, some of my thoughts that I had, uh, maybe make a couple jokes here and there, and then talk a little bit more specifically on Manny Machado because I saw that he was trending yesterday. So I felt like I should give my thoughts on him so far this season and just the Padres in general this season and what have you. Let's get right into it, guys. So let's start with the pitching and defense. So first of all, Garrett Richards, you know, I mentioned yesterday at the end of the pod that I really like how he's been so far. He looks like the Garrett Richards of old, that kind of, you know, okay number one ace, maybe a little bit overqualified number two uh, rotation guy, and then really great number three guy. Last night didn't look amazing, but then again, it is the Dodgers. And like I said, at some point you have to concede that it is a good team that you're going up against. It isn't just your players not playing well. Sometimes it's just, hey, the other team is pretty uh, damn good with the Dodgers, even without Mookie Betts in the lineup. Um, His final line, he ended up with going five innings, uh, five hits, allowing four runs with only four Ks and a walk on 89 pitches. He was laboring. That's the impression that I have had off of him. He was laboring, trying to get through the game. He wasn't bad. Do not mistake me. He was not uh, awful. I never got this feeling that he was just getting absolutely lit up. Even his not-so-great starts so far this season, I still feel like Richards has looked pretty solid. It doesn't feel like anybody has been bashing him. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like anyone's been just absolutely clobbering him. I mean, at Colorado, yes, he did give up the eight hits. But even still, I felt like, hey, it's hard for a lot of people to pitch in Colorado. And the six strikeouts were nice. And, you know, the, just the one walk allowed. And then he was great against Arizona. I know he hasn't been blowing anybody away. But I'm still confident in Richards to be that really overqualified number three starter, especially if he stays healthy and whatnot. So far, he's been healthy. So, you know, not too bad. The biggest thing that happened yesterday, of course, um, The biggest story, the biggest takeaway, unfortunately, when it comes to the pitching side of things, was Luis Patino. Now, you might be thinking, why unfortunately? Well, because, you know, he was the latest to fall under the why the hell is the Padres bullpen so bad curse. You know what I mean? He started off strong. He struck out two guys. High 90s fastball. I mean, he looked good. And then, unfortunately, he gives up the home run to Jock Peterson. (sighs) <sighs> you know, it's funny because I mentioned him yesterday as being the guy that, um, you know, has been doing so well off of Richards. You know what I mean? Jack Peterson has a great record against uh, Garrett Richards. And, of course, he ends up having a great game with the five ribbies uh, against them to, um, in totality last night. And, 
you know, I don't think he was necessarily awful last night, but this is a good thing to remind people, guys, especially in baseball, and it's funny that I'm going to be saying this because I'm going to almost contradict myself because tomorrow I'm going to be speaking with Aaron Layton of Lockdown Marlins about the Padres farm system and prospects, but every now and then people get a little bit too overly excited about bringing up prospects. Here's my thing friend of mine you know he's getting super excited he's like man he throws gas man they got to bring him up and you know because the bullpen has been a mess and all this stuff and while I do agree with half of that and the half that I do agree with is yes the bullpen has been a mess but you got to be careful and I don't think people are ripping Batino that I've seen I don't think the Padres fans anything I've seen nobody's really blaming the guy Peterson's you know when you give him the right pitch every now and then, he's just going to take you deep. That's just Jack Peterson. He's he's an annoying little <laughs> player sometimes. You know what I mean? He's just, he gets home runs when you kind of need them for the team. But I really think that, you know, there, no overreactions necessarily here. But also, let's remember, guys, it's it's just rare that a guy comes in and immediately is just incredible. You know what I mean? I mean, Bryce Harper, I feel like, has spoiled people. Francisco Lindor, and these are position players. I'm... I can't remember immediately pitchers that just came in with huge prospects. And the kid's also still like 20 like twenty years old. You know what I mean? So let's keep that in mind. He's super, super, super young. Probably going to gain some muscle on him at some point. He's not even... He can't even drink yet, guys. Like, I'm older than this dude. So let's just have the expectations a little bit lower. I do like, though, that they are using him in a bullpen role. That is obviously the best uh, case situation for him. But still, against the Dodgers, it is a tough team to make your debut against. I would have rather preferred... You know, um, a Miami team, of course. That's the dream scenario. Even though Miami, you know, kind of did okay yesterday. They're like, good record for Miami right now. But you, you get what I'm saying. Like a team that it doesn't feel like every single batter is is you can mix and match against lefty, righty. Like depending on the pitcher, the Dodgers have all these guys. Even like AJ Pollock, who they can throw in, and he has a, a home run yesterday. Like guys like him who aren't great aren't elite players, but they're great considering they're bench players, for sure. Like, if those guys are your bench players, then you're clearly in uh, good company. So, yeah, Patino once again falling victim to the bullpen thing. Bullpen was yet again kind of the story in a lot of ways. Richards gives up four, which isn't great, but the other three coming from the bullpen off of Patino. He does go two innings, and he looked much better in the second inning, not giving up any more runs. It happens. Welcome to the big leagues, Luis Patino. And everybody, let's not immediately assume that every prospect that we have in our farm system, although I am optimistic that they can just come up and replace whoever's struggling, like Profar and Hedges and Mejia, you know, with Campizano and C.J. Abrams. Let's not just assume that those guys should be called up right now and they will be better than what we already have right now. Now, I want to talk about something else, and that was defense yesterday, okay? It was kind of a weird game in terms of defense, and that's on both sides. From the Dodgers and the Padres, you know, Padres probably the the ones that made the more errors of the bunch, but, you know, I actually missed the play from Grisham early on as I, thanks to my wisdom of deciding to eat 15 chicken wings last night, as well as some chocolate coconut treats that my mom made, I was stuck in the bathroom for uh, different portions throughout the game, uh, especially for the Grisham part, I missed uh, Grisham's kind of little bit of a blunder. Apparently, he didn't track the ball properly, didn't time his jump, which led to the uh, triple from Chris Taylor. Uh, look, 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 look in a second. And more on Chris Taylor in a second, by the way. That's the second blunder by Grisham in just two days, further enforcing my belief that the Padres, while the offensive contributions by Pham and Grisham cannot be understated, I don't think they have a true center fielder. I think that was Manny Margot, who I get why they were, you know, gave up on him a little bit. That guy used to be like a top prospect at one point, which is what's crazy. But, you know, it's 
the defense isn't great in the outfield. Cannot totally get, I don't want to get super mad at them. It's just kind of annoying and frustrating because they've been so good offensively. I mean, Grisham, with the exception of Tatis and Will Myers, hilariously, has basically been our best player, been one of the better outfielders in the league just based on offensive production, really managing to get on base almost every single game in some way. Um, And just a good eye. I know he strikes out, but a good eye at the plate, I think. I really do. I think that guy's able to take pitches pretty well. But anyway, um, you'd really hate to see it. And it's why, before the season, that I was so excited about Taylor Trammell, who, you know, I, I we can people have different opinions on him. But my hype was really, admittedly, maybe a little bit misguided just because I was so excited about the idea that he's a potentially good defensive player who could play center for the Padres. And that's why I was so high on him and thinking, since they don't have a true center fielder, he might, you know, get called up and make that debut for us. Don't know if that's going to happen. We'll have to wait and see. But... Yeah, just, just not great. And then also uh, a surprising ball that got past Manny in the infield at one point. And I saw people talking about this. Uh, and we'll be talking about Manny plenty more in the episode, as I teased earlier at the top of this. Um, some people were saying it looked lazy. Uh, I think that most of those balls do not get by Manny Machado. But the way I saw it on the replay, look, I don't want to start accusing guys of being lazy. That's a... That's such a sports media personality thing to do. Say that they're not trying, that they need to do this more, and they need to give it blah, 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 blah. I don't want to do that. Maybe it's just one of those rare blunders by Manny Machado not being able to get that that ball. But still, a part of me couldn't help but, but look at that and say, dang, you couldn't run a little bit faster to that? You couldn't have dived for it? It's just it's just a little bit unfortunate, you know what I mean? So I was that was not good to see. And then, like I said about, you know, on both sides of the ball, uh, there was much more weirdness, like I said. Uh, the relay throw by Kike Hernandez that nearly killed Max Muncy was kind of scary to watch. It was peak weirdness. And Muncy, just a heck of a series for Max Muncy. He looks like an angry Josh Hutcherson. I don't even know. I forgot what comparison I made to him last night, but he just, that guy just is having a weird season from the pimping the home run that he thought was a home run to nearly getting killed by his own teammate from the relay throw. Really weird series for Maxwell. And then obviously to cap things off, the end of the game, apparently Chris Taylor has the best arm in the league now, you know? And when it comes to that play, look, I don't hate the aggressiveness by Grisham there. Coach probably told him, let's go for it. Because, guys, remember, it's a two-way lane. You can't love the Padres for when they're stealing bases and they lead the league in stolen bases and they're aggressive base running and then get super, super pissed when every now and then it doesn't work. It is unfortunate, but also Chris Taylor, seemingly, maybe I don't know this, but I didn't realize Chris Taylor had the best arm in the league. I mean, that throw was so on point. So on point. You know what I mean? And Grisham was so upset, too. He was heated. Maybe he thought that he could have ran that better, but I, so I wasn't entirely sure why he was so hit. I mean, he was running into the locker room so frustrated, right? But um, it was a perfect throw by Chris Taylor. What can I say? I mean, the guy laser beams the home and a good tag by the umpire. Grisham made a pretty good slide, too. Uh, so that was just like, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. It was the play of the game. Congrats to the Dodgers on that, but it's frustrating. And it's one of those things that you're like, wow, we really just can't have one. Of course, some random Dodgers player in the grand scheme of things, random. I know Chris Taylor's okay, but in the grand scheme of things, random by Dodgers standards makes some excellent play to nail Grisham at home. Uh, but I, I don't, I, you know, in an effort to not uh, be super negative because we're going to get more negative on the podcast, I want to quickly just shout out some of the offense. Uh, I don't want to be all bad and negative. Tatis, without a doubt, I think hit my favorite home run of the year last year. Uh, I mean, last night. And look, second place, by the way, uh, for my f- uh, favorite homes of the year is definitely Aaron Judges from the other day. It was the second of the game, the one that sent Mas- Matt Vaskersian into a, 
an epileptic shock almost. He was just losing his mind uh, just because of his reaction. It was one of my favorite home runs of the year. But Tatis, similarly, Tatis's reaction, just staring at the dugout. This guy is just, I don't think it's a stretch to say. I'm not saying he's the best player in the league. He's been one of the best players in the league for sure, but not the best. He, I, I really think the Padres have the most exciting player in baseball on their team. And that's Fernando Tatis Jr. Every single at bat, even when he's running the bases, running, getting those triples, getting steals, even when he makes the blunder like in, in game one where he, you know, runs into Will Smith at home and you probably shouldn't have ran on that, even still, even with the pickles, all those things aside, he's so exciting. I could be wrong, but I think uh, Tatis has also managed to get on base every single game this season. Uh, whether it be by walk or hit. So that's really awesome. And Tatis, I really think after last night especially, this guy's the freaking star of the team, man. I'm not saying Machado can't be better than him, but he's he's the star of the team. And will my, the baseball guy, uh, moving on to some other guys, with another solo shot. I mean, man, I mean, let me, let me tell you, Myers has always been fun even when bad. Just he's kind of a little bit of a goofball, you know, kind of personality. But he's even more fun when he's good. (laughs) Hot take. Will Myers, a lot more fun with his goofy attitude kind of when he's really good. With the exception of Tatis, honestly, he's probably been the best player on the team. Even better than um, Grisham. I mean, he's just getting hits when you need them. And I know he's he's still striking out a whole bunch, but he's also getting walks. And like I said, he's just getting on base at a decent clip. I'm pretty sure his OPS is still over a thousand, especially after last night. And his on base is around 360 around that area. So he's been awesome. Um, Cronenworth, he smoked a double early on, which was great to see. We are not Cronenworthy! Uh, but then he struck out two more times. So it wasn't a, a major game for him. But still, just... Um, it's the consistency of feeling like every time Cronenworth is up, he's going to at least do something. You know what I mean? That's kind of the feeling you have. It's similar to Tatis in that aspect. Uh, then you get the RBI double from Greg Garcia, who a lot of people have been dumping on for not doing so much. I actually think he's been okay, all things considered. I don't think he's going to be a star for the team necessarily, but good to see that from him. Love seeing uh, kind of the bench players from the Padres who have been a little tiny bit of a mixed bag. Uh, actually, I think a little bit better than a mixed bag, um, you know, pulling through. And then Tommy Pham, the Warlock, with the clutch RBI in the last inning. That's why I call him the Warlock, veteran leadership. He's just got that look to me that's speaks warlock um you know hasn't been elite over the course of the season uh but i really think he's starting to show signs i think that he's going to be uh not just fun and exciting to have up there but i think he's going to start picking up especially in the power department i think he's got robbed of a few hits especially uh, in that d-backs game the one d-backs game that we lost i think he got robbed and got a little bit unlucky maybe his babbit numbers suggest that his average and everything's going to start going up soon so that was really good uh we talked about obviously what ended up happening at the end of that inning and then profar Just on a negative note, he's probably the most entertaining automatic out the Padres currently have right now. And honestly, the most entertaining out I've ever seen. I mean, he's just so much fun. I mean, it's a little rude. I mean, that, that was mean. That was mean. But still, Profar needs to start getting hits. He's batting .081 on the season right now. I know he's getting some walks every now and then. He did have that one home run against San Fran. But seriously, he needs to do better. And I don't think there's too much pressure that he's going to be replaced right now. He's clearly going to be the everyday second baseman. But uh, he needs to do better. He needs to do better. Like, for sure. And speaking of things that need to be better. Well, actually, I don't even want to say things that need to be better because this site, it makes things better for you. 
You know who I'm talking about? Vroom, vroom, vroom. That's right. I'm talking about rockauto.com, the place that my beloved Dominic Toretto would love. Why would he love it? Because it's a family business. It's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com get this get this guys they're always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts does it make sense no so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and you know what else needs to be made better you know just just a quick story guys let me tell you something in the hit movie over the hedge uh the great american philosopher rj the raccoon right he remarks and says we eat to live referring to them the animals right and then these guys referring to the humans they live to eat i have never heard more true words in my life and if you're like me that sentiment really uh speaks to you a lot because i think about what i'm going to be having for dinner when i'm having lunch and luckily postmates is here and that's why I love them so much. They're here to help. I kind of love them even more right now, especially though, because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door, for a matter of fact. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up, my guys, my guys and gals. You guys need to be supporting your local neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's the best way to support my community and also because my community local food Good. I don't know about you guys, it's pretty damn good. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi, they actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100. $100, my friends, my $100. A free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code Locked On. That's right. That's code locked on for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you first download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. And now, guys, now that we're back, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Manny Machado because he was trending yesterday, as I mentioned before. He was trending and not for necessarily good reasons. Uh, not a good game for him, obviously. He's, and it's interesting because he hasn't been bad. This season, in the in the in the strictest of sense, you know what I mean. He hasn't been bad, but batting at a 200 clip and a 322 on base with two home runs, which is is fine and all, and you know the walk rate is nice. It's just not gonna cut it. Here's the thing: Manny Machado is in the unenviable position of having to play up to colossal expectations. Well, I certainly don't want to imply that getting an enormous contract is the unenviable position that he's in, as certainly all of us, especially right now, would love to be on an eight-year, $300 million contract. I'm talking about just in terms of expectations. I do not want to minimize that. In terms of the expectations of it, it's not a great position to be in. But bottom line is that's the position he was in, and he still is in. Two times last night, the Padres had runners on the corners, and he was unable to drive any of them in, including, obviously, the end of the game. Now, while the end of the game I didn't think was, you know, 
I, I actually thought he kind of hit the ball pretty well. He did make contact at least then. I do think that he made, you know, he ripped the ball kind of good. It was, it was a solid swing. It just happened to not fall through. But still, the bottom line is he doesn't get the hit there. And you need hits. We're grading on a curve here. You know, me saying that it at least was good contact, it's like kind of grading on a curve. You know what I mean? And or even worse was earlier in the game when the, the first and third position happened, um, Tingler gets ejected because Manny was barking at the umpire. Like, he was pissed, you know, at, at the strike two call. And it was only a strike two call. So some people have implied, I remember Kevin AC tweeted this, that Tingler ran out of the dugout and just started arguing with the umpire. And Tingler... Jace Tingler, our beloved, our, our, our dude, the the the, the manager man, uh, he ends up getting ejected, and perhaps that was him covering for Machado. And we can't be having stuff like that. I don't want to see Manny Machado getting upset at a strike two call to the point where Tingler's got to go out here and cover for him in order for him not to get ejected. Because that like Machado's been so elite that uh, you know Tingler needs to save him necessarily. You know what I mean? He does, technically, yes, you do have to still keep Manny Machado in the game. But I'm not saying, it's not like his numbers has been super backing that up. He has some majerics in profile with that .081 average, for sure. I'm not trying to say that he's been that bad. He's by far the worst Padre so far on the team. By far, by far. But he is the worst in comparison of expectations. He needs to be more of like what he was in the first half of last season, right? In his May and June stats. You want me to remind you guys just how good Manny Machado was um, last year in May and June? In May, he hit 283 with his 365 on base, an OPS of 850, which is pretty good, which is pretty good, all right? And then he does get five home runs, 15 ribbies, you know, nothing elite, but the good walk rate. The good walk rate was probably what was the most impressive about him then. And then in June, he delivers exactly what Padres fans and what everyone is expecting. He bats 314 with a 368 on base and drives in 11 home runs with 29 ribbies to accompany that it's just and and, and it's funny because those numbers are colossally good they're insane an OPS of over 1,000 right and then he does have a decent July to follow that up but we can't be having what ended up happening in August and September and October last year for him and look I know that those numbers that I mentioned in terms of his May and June stats are a lot to ask I get that it really is but bottom line is the totality of a lackluster season as last year can be somewhat mitigated or excused when the entire team struggled. You know what I mean? It wasn't just him last year. It was everybody, and Tatis gets hurt, you know, from Fran Meal to Renfro to Myers to Eric Hosmer. Everybody struggled. Everybody. But now that they're actually looking like contenders, I mean, I don't think anyone would even debate that. Even the biggest of Padres naysayers, you know, if you combine that with your salary, unfortunately, we're allowed to complain about that now. You know what I mean? The team is good. If Will Myers and Trent Grisham and Tatis are all doing these things, you certainly need to. We can't have these situations where Manny Machado feels like a guy who's going to give you those 35 home runs every year. He's going to bat like 270, 280, you know, at, 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 you know, at a kind of minimum is what you're expecting. And it can't feel like all those numbers are empty stats. And it can't feel like you just haven't had that Manny Machado moment. As far as I'm concerned, the biggest Manny Machado moment I can feel like I've seen was the first home run he had last year. That was really cool because it was like a welcome to San Diego and here's our new hope kind of thing. You know what I mean? But, you know, you, you just can't have that. You know, I think in, in, in general, like, it, it's just, it just feels like, like, guys, honestly, can you think of those moments that Manny Machado has had? I'm sure he's had a walk-off home run before, but it just feels like when we really need him, you know, is he going to get a hit like last night? 
to drive in the tying run? No. But will he get the the grand slam when we're already down by nine? Yeah. That's unfortunately the kind of camp that I feel like Machado is in right now. Like I said, an unenviable position considering that he still is such a solid player. Um, even at his worst, he's still solid and you know leagues better than most of the third basemen in the league. But unfortunately, you can't say that anymore. Contract's too big, man. And that fact that the team's good, the fact that the starting pitching's good, the fact that I think the bullpen's going to be better and this team can compete potentially for a postseason berth. You just got to be better than that. And, you know, we're, we're going up against Arizona. You know, we have a day off today, which certainly I'm going to do my best to stay away from baseball after last night's really disappointing loss. You know, we've got Luke Weaver going up against Joey Lucchese, who's, you know, the latter of those two has been quite bad. Arizona's currently 4-8, and eight, though, and, you know, maybe we can kind of bury them. You know, that would be that would be good. You know, they're trying to get back into things. We'll see if tonight's game they end up taking a series from the Astros, which would be big for them. But really, to it's just... I think the the best way to summarize last night's game is kind of, you know, speaking of days off, like when you fail a test in college right before the weekend, like on a Friday, you know, it kind of mitigates the the glory that could have been associated with having that day off. You know that feeling when on a Friday, like in college or whatever, like you get a bad grade and yeah, maybe you're going to go party with your friends or whatever, but it still kind of stinks and it's not as good as the upside was if you had passed that test and you're going into the night being like, yes, man. And even maybe if you're not partying, maybe you're just chilling for the weekend. That feeling is so, so, so great. I live for that feeling. I live for the feeling of feeling like I left it out there. I worked super hard, you know what I mean? And then I got my day off. You have no idea how annoyed I get when I have a day off or something happens and I feel like I didn't get my work in, I didn't try my best, or I just simply didn't do well. It is the worst feeling in the world. You know, the Dodgers have won 10 of the last 11 games against the Padres. It's just depressing. And really, the team has been giving me Chargers vibes. And I know everyone likes to rip on me for not being this longtime fan of the Padres, right? I only started following them like three years ago. But believe me, no one, no one should question me on my Chargers loyalty. I've been following them since middle school when I was surrounded by like a bunch of kids who like the Jets and Giants, right? I always used to get upset because it felt like, why can't the Chargers just ever kind of look out? You know, with the with the way the game ended last night, with Taylor and then Machado not coming through, almost reminds me of Philip Rivers, you know, despite how talented he is, not necessarily always coming through when we really needed him. You know, it just feels like they can't get those tremendous plays that go their way with the Padres. That's what last night felt like. And that's what it feels like watching the Chargers. You know, I mean, I mean, look at the Cubs right now. The Cubs, their metrics do not suggest that they should be, you know, 10 and 2 or whatever. I think they're 10 and 10 and 2 right now, but they somehow are. Why can't that be us? It's frustrating. Why couldn't it be us that Grisham doesn't make those mistakes? Why can't it be us that Chris Taylor throws the ball into the parking lot before he just throws all of a sudden a perfect bullet at home? You know, it's just frustrating. I mean, the the Cubs closer is literally washed. Craig Kimbrell looks terrible. He walked like four guys straight in his first outing this year, and they're somehow 10 and 2. You know, it's just it's just really depressing. You know what I mean? It reminds me of the Chargers vibes. And I hope that doesn't scare off too many people, but that's really what I felt about it. I guess you know, but then at the same time, they did play them well. You know, last night was a good game, and I feel like, you know, I guess in a sentiment similar to the likes of the end of Empire Strikes Back, right? When you see Luke and Leia looking out into the distance, you know, at the end of it, into space, and that music's playing, at least it feels like they're at least alive, and there's still some semblance of hope, you know what I mean, against them, as they've been competing against them better than I think they have in a long time. So yes, while I've been super negative for over the course of this entire episode, I still do think at least it feels like there's hope. At least it feels like this is a good Padres team. I'll take a Chargers team that 
disappoints maybe and doesn't always come through every time you want it to versus a team that's going nowhere fast as the Padres have been for the past like five, six years. You know what I mean? And with all that being said, my kind of preachingness is done. That's it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful homies, take care. Let's go.